0: Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela.
1: This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela.
0: Good morning. Today, we're going to be talking about sciatica, which is a form of back pain. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Kappel, for coming on the program. It's a pleasure to have you with us.
2: Well, Thank you for
0: uh, having me. Um, We are talking about back pain, and back pain is so common, and there's so many different kinds of back pain. And I'm sure you as an orthopedic surgeon, I mean, this is your bread and butter. But we want to talk about sciatica, which is a specific of back pain can you tell us a bit about back pain and why and what makes up sciatica and why we should be aware of it
2: yeah thanks for that question i mean sciatica is uh, a term that is often confused and essentially it means pain shooting down the leg Uh, no more no less it's just pain shooting down the leg uh it usually originates from the back and uh, it's usually it's due to a slip disc, a disc prolapse. So you find that there's severe pain in the back. You get shooting pain either on one side of the leg or the other side of the leg, and it can be quite disabling. So it's uh, it's, it's uh, usually they come to see me when it's pretty bad uh, that they've tried X, Y, and Z, and uh, they just cannot do anything at all. So that is sciatica. It's uh, it's uh, quite a debilitating pain, shooting pain down the leg, sometimes described as uh, an electric shock down the leg. Sometimes you get uh, what you call neurological symptoms, pins and needles, some leg weakness, it feels like jelly. And uh, and it, yes, it's, but it's usually uh, due to a disc prolapse, but there's other causes for it.
0: So can you tell us, uh, because we're very interested in this particular kind of thing, what causes it? You know, who, you, you mentioned a prolapse, but what causes the prolapse? It's very easy to say it is prolapse. But for, you know, many of the listeners out there, that doesn't actually mean anything. So what is This prolapse? What are the kinds of things that cause it? And how do you damage your back in such a way as to cause a prolapse?
2: Uh, now that's, uh, that is uh, a good question. And I tell my patient that, a disc collapse, or let's use the term slip disk, is probably a reflection of modern-day living due to either inactivity or overactivity. Okay, I think lately it's more to do with inactivity. We we don't get enough exercise. The the human being is supposed to be erect, standing tall, walking around, doing things, going to the farm. Okay, using your muscles, not just your back muscles, but your leg muscles. So we're we, we sitting in the office, we're sitting down, we're putting our weight. And uh, that puts a lot of pressure on the disc. And the disc tends to, to fracture or uh, fragment. And uh, so it builds up with time. And then you find that I've had patients where they say, look, but doctor, I've just bent over to pick a book and it uh, I didn't do anything heavy. You don't need to do anything heavy, just that you haven't been uh, maybe looking after your back and uh, you've got health conditions and the disc, the disc is like the the tire in your car. Okay, think of that, uh, you bought a a, a a car, the tire, that car, that tire starts to, to deflate and that's what the disc is there to provide shock absorption. So that's, um, so it's a very common problem. And uh, it's uh, it's in most cases is due to the fact that we haven't been looking after ourselves correctly, and it's not necessarily related to though it can be, uh, but it's not necessarily related to a specific activity where you're putting too much pressure on your back.
0: Somebody told me that they think that it was caused by the, when when they sneezed, that after they sneezed they felt a sharp pain shooting down their leg, and. A, that, that
2: that was a cause they thought it was a sneeze that caused it yeah no that's no, that's no, that what the people often say that uh, you sneezed or you've uh, you strained or you've done something wrong but the underlying problem if you trace it back is usually because you you haven't been looking after your back okay yes you're going to have one or two examples of or where uh you've this has happened but in most cases if you actually do a uh, an analysis is because the, you have a typical patient they haven't been looking after that back they haven't they've been sitting down and uh, and then this thing it's it's a combination of for inactivity there are some risk factors for example if you there's a family history or maybe you've injured your back in the past or as a childhood. but in most cases the patients that i see uh, particularly in nigeria it's usually because uh we are not active enough. We are, we are just so sitting down too much, not doing enough exercise.
0: Now, you've talked about some of the symptoms that come with it. Obviously, the shooting pain. But you didn't, you, you also mentioned something about tingling. You also mentioned something about weakness and jelly. Could you elaborate on that a bit more? How long, do, for example, do you get the symptoms for? Is it something that comes, you treat, and it goes away quickly? Is it something that lasts for a long time? How long does this pain
2: Thing. Yeah, fortunately with uh, acute sciatica, when I say acute, this is sudden onset pain. Uh, it's short-lived, it's benign, which, by which I mean that is not something that you should worry too much about. You, you don't need to see a spine surgeon st- such as myself, though I would like to see you, but you don't necessarily need to see me, and uh, so in most cases it comes on suddenly, uh, it, it goes away. Uh, after a few days, a few weeks, uh, and uh, it's, um, it's nothing of great concern. Usually, most patients with this sort of problem, they tend to treat it themselves. They uh, see a, uh, somebody else. It, it's only when it reaches a certain level of uh, uh, disability that
0: they will start seeing a surgeon such as myself. And what kind of disability is that and when should they see a surgeon?
2: Uh, I mean, unfortunately, most people are very sensible. I mean, they know when things are not right. Okay. They uh, they try to to reduce out-of-pocket experiences. They will take uh, painkillers. They will reduce the activity. They will use herbal medicine, although uh, there's a lot of debate about uh, what you should and shouldn't do. But uh, when you start having a... Uh, uh, severe pain. You cannot function. Your leg is numb. Your leg is weak. You um, can't pass urine, so you can't go to the toilet at all. Uh, you require strong painkillers, and uh, so you know that things are not right. Okay, so you usually, it's uh, if it's just simple pain, and I'll say, look, just just take painkillers. Give it a week or two. Uh, and then, and usually in most cases, it gets better. But if you are getting what we call neurological symptoms, you are getting weakness or numbness, or you are, you, you feel that when you urinate you cannot control it, then that's when you should seek medical advice. But fortunately, uh, majority of sciatica symptoms are quite benign and do not need you don't need to see a specialist.
0: Now we're talking about specialists, and obviously a lot of people are thinking to themselves ah, If I get this kind of pain, does it mean I have to get on a plane to go and see a surgeon? Particularly if I'm having some of those debilitating symptoms you're talking about. No, what no, do we no. do here in Nigeria? No, no,
2: what you do is that uh, f- first of all, you you need to. Uh, it's good to talk to talk to friends, talk to family, uh, talk to your primary care physician. Because they would have greater insight into particularly if you are going to use medication it's good to not just uh you need to talk to somebody who's knowledgeable about this even your local pharmacy would have insight uh when I, mean, I was in nigeria not too long ago and uh, i was quite impressed by uh how much advice you can get from your local pharmacy so talk to them they'll be able to give you advice about medication to use, uh, and you should uh, change your activity not take yourself to bed and do nothing just change your activity reduce if you're if you're you sitting all the time try to lie down reduce pressure on your back and uh, you could be reassured that in probably about uh, 70 to 80% of uh, patients with this sort of problem it does get better okay i mean it's a great concern because you cannot walk um, you cannot function you cannot work you cannot feed your family so there's a natural human uh, instinct to seek help, but uh, in most cases you do not need a surgeon. You don't need surgery; you should get better.
0: Okay, now that's I think very encouraging for a lot of people to know that this pain, no matter how uh, you know severe it seems at the beginning, um, really doesn't need surgery. Um, but the fact is that some cases do need surgery, and mm. what cases are those, and how do you know? when you definitely need to operate?
2: Okay, yes. So the cases that would need surgery are uh, patients where the pain has lasted for more than six weeks typically and they cannot function and are requiring a lot of painkillers. Number two, they have neurological symptoms uh, such as weakness or numbness. And definitely you need uh, surgery or further investigation if you have what we call cauda equida syndrome by which I mean that the you have pressure on the nerve such that you cannot move your legs, you cannot function, and you have a difficulty urinating or going to the toilet. So that is called a quina, that is a surgical emergency. And all these, uh, if you have any of these symptoms, you should seek uh, urgent medical attention and you should have an MRI scan in the first instance.
0: Well, I think that's um, important. Thank you very much for letting us know about this. And are there um, any kinds of other medical conditions that could be associated with this that people should know about?
2: Yes, yes, there are other medical conditions that can uh, cause sciatica. Uh, You can get sciatica due to fracture. You've fallen from a height and you've uh, not appreciated that. I've had a few patients like that with uh, a broken spine which was diagnosed late, or you can have sciatica due to wear and tear or osteoarthritis. The nerve is pinched from an arthritic joint. And then sometimes you can get sciatica due to a slipped vertebrae. We talked about a slipped disc, but you can get a slipped vertebrae, which is commonly called spondylolisthesis. So these conditions do cause sciatica, but the vast majority of patients with sciatica is due to a slipped disc or disc prolapse.
1: Thank you very much. You're listening to Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela. So, Dr.
0: Khafa, what kind of um, experiences have you had, particularly in Nigeria, with our patients requiring surgery?
2: Well, I've, had, I've been traveling to Nigeria now for 12 years, and I see all sorts of patients from the simple cases that require surgery to the complex cases that require a team approach. And um, the the surgery, I tell patients that I'm I'm like a mechanic, I can release the nerve, I can fix it. But in order to recover, you need to look at your lifestyle, you need to look at activity. Uh, It's important to work with a multidisciplinary team, by which I mean you need to see a physiotherapist, uh look at your diet look at the nutrition so this is all part of uh, getting better the various phases of treating sciatica the surgery is important but equally important is uh, recovery and rehabilitation otherwise you would be back to square one okay because the disc is just all you're doing with a slip disc is just shaving the disc you don't remove it completely and uh, if you are not active, if you're not fit, I can bet you uh, you that it will go back
0: to square one, so it's important that you engage with a physiotherapist. So, Have you had patients in the past that have gone back to square one after surgery if they haven't taken it seriously?
2: Yes, the the statistical risk of the disc uh, uh, prolapsing again is they average about 5%, uh, 1 in uh, 20, but in the obese patient, or if you're overweight or inactive, that uh, chance of uh, uh, relapse is uh, much higher. And I can give you uh, cases of patients who have done the surgery, okay? And, uh, and I even saw in our surgeons. we pat ourselves in the back. Oh, this is fantastic. We've done a fantastic release. And um, so three months later, it's come out again. And uh, the patient's obviously very angry because he's out of pocket and You paid all this money, and you're back to square one. And I say, ah, okay, look, what ha- what has happened? And I said, look, it's because you haven't followed my advice. Okay, you look, you're still you you've, you put on more weight. You're still you haven't done the five thousand steps. Okay, and but also you have diabetes and hypertension. So look, these are you need to make important lifestyle changes. Look, I'm just a mechanic guy, and uh, I've done it. But if you don't look after your body you'll be back to square one. So it's it's very important that you look at your nutrition, your lifestyle, see a physiotherapy. This is all part of getting better.
0: Yes, thank you very much. And we have someone who is into that area, occupational therapy, movement. Ajoké, can you tell us what kind of advice you normally give to your
1: patients who, who are coming with a diagnosis of sciatica? Okay, just as we talked about, and then we wanted to um, relate it with stories. So, with people I've actually met. So, I'll just pick three different people. I have a man, a woman, and a pregnant lady, or uh, uh, she she has actually given birth. So, the first person is a is a woman, and she is above sixty. Now, I noticed that um, people that I practically do yoga with, because I instruct yoga most times, personal um, training they usually have some form of issues. That's why they come into that yoga class. They were told by a doctor or some friends that, oh, yoga can actually help them with um, satica and all of that. And then they come in. So um, this particular woman, she's over 60, and she has this shooting pain. It started gradually, but it was for years. She has seen doctors and all of that. She travels a lot anyway. So one thing I noticed was that she stands a lot for a long period of time. So, um, this pain just kept on coming in over and over until she started having tingling. And then she lost sensation in three um, three of her toes. So, um, the doctors gave her some um, medication and everything to use, but then she was also advised to lose weight, which was what I also told her to do. She said losing weight gradually. Now, these things happened because she was a little bit on the big side. And so um, over time, the wear and tear of the body had taken over and all of that. And then she also had a situation whereby she had weak butt muscles. Because if your butt muscles are also weak, then it could be a problem for the individual. So we started the class and all of that. And over time, she started getting better. Why? Because we started lengthening her muscles. And then because we deal with specific muscles, first we have to strengthen the core muscles, the abdominal muscles, in order to reduce the pressure on the spine, just as Dr. Kapal said, we we have to reduce that pressure. So um, we we worked on the abdominal muscles, we kept working over and over on it. Light exercises were very effective. And then we we also worked with um, her posture, because posture is very, very important in this case as well. And then we worked um, again with um, the muscles of her legs. So her hamstrings were quite tight. And then she had a uh, tight hip adductors as well. That's the inner muscles of the thigh. So we kept on working with this and gradually started lengthening. So I think because the, the nerve was actually trapped in between the muscles as well of the butt, it was an issue for her. And then because she had weak abdominal muscles, well, as they started getting stronger, then she, she started having relief. She actually stopped using the medication for a while. But like the um, like Dr. Koffel mentioned, sometimes there's a reoccurrence. So especially with elderly people, with younger people, fine, they could easily recover. But with older people, because of the wear and tear, there's always some form of recurrence. And then sometimes it, it's not as bad as it was. And sometimes it's really, really bad. And then it even leads to depression in some of them. They don't even want to do anything, which is worse <laughs> worse off than doing something. So this particular lady, she stuck to the program because she was determined to get rid of this pain. Because the pain was so bad, she, she couldn't work. She couldn't work physically. She couldn't even go to work. And if you can't go to work, mm. then you start thinking about your life and get depressed. And that's what happens. So then we have to ha- deal with mental issues as well. So she stuck to the program and then she started getting better. She noticed that this movement is actually what she needs. The body needs that movement to lengthen the muscles because tight muscles could actually cause that compression of the disc in the spine on the back So that's what we were working on over and over again. And then the advice Fantastic. also was also to minimize hours of standing because due to the nature of her job she had to be standing for long periods of time in her um, location because she she actually does an on-site job so i told her you need to also sit sometimes as bad as it is to sit a lot is also very bad to stand a lot because some people don't even stand properly they stand until one side causing a kind of Keep displacement or misalignment of the body and the spine. And these are the things that also cause the the disc of the, um, in between the vertebra to actually get uh, pinched on one side of the body because usually it can bulge out on one side, either left or right, front or back, anywhere. So so some people just stand funny and they don't really know it, that they are standing that way. That's just the, the, the bad part. And then, so I had to start coaching her on that to be mindful about the way she because that's what we also do in yoga, mindfulness. You have to be aware of your body in space, aware of your body, the way you stand, the way you sit, the way you walk. So I told her, because usually we tell them that your alignment starts from your feet. The way some people stand alone (laughs) has already caused a lot of misalignment and they grow up with it. And then over time, the body takes this kind of um, posture and then it caused injury to the um, to the to the disc or damage to the disc actually, and to some muscles of the body. So aside those um, um, little things, the posture and all of that, also the footwear she was wearing. Because I had to find out a lot about what she was doing that was aggravating this thing or causing a reoccurrence. So what about the, the footwear? Oh, she said, okay, when she goes to party, she wears heels, and I said, oh, you have to. Because of those heels right now, you have to go for um, nice um, trainers. There are some trainers that are actually having this um, padded sole. They are specifically made for walking and uh, for your regular walk and all of that. You don't need to wear heels. So she started with that as well. And then there was less compression on her lower back. And that was it. So we're we're still working on that anyway. And that's how it has been. um (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. You won't believe this, but we've actually come to the end of the program. So it's really nice, though, that you've given that in-depth experience with a lady. And I know a lot of people would have taken a lot of hints and, and suggestions from that, particularly this issue of wearing high-heeled shoes. Unfortunately, high heel shoes are in fashion now. And so a lot of people are still wearing them, even as you get older. And I think there's, there's a message there, in there for everyone. So um, can you give us a, last, a few last words for our listeners? before I go to Dr. Karkov so he can give us
1: his. Okay. Um. So my, my words to listeners is number one, you have to be mindful of your posture when you sit, when you stand, while you're walking, then the load you carry, you don't put so much strain on your body. Take note of how you lie down on the bed as well. And if you notice any pain in your body, get help immediately. And then um, also engage in physical activity because that is the key Movement is key. You get to lubricate your joints, you get your joints working, you get your muscles heated up and there's a lot of circulation going on in your body. So the muscles need that blood circulation and oxygen. So we need to get moving all the time and meaningful movement, not just movements. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Kappa. Any last
0: words for our listeners?
2: Yes, I would just echo what what Amanda has said. Uh, But I would also like to... So highlight, as like I said, that SACA is very common and most cases are not too serious and you shouldn't be too concerned. But there are times when you do need to do something and seek okay. urgent medical attention and we, we use the term red flag. So if you have, uh, you're taking a lot of painkillers and it's not getting better. Number two, you have difficulty passing urine. Number three, you have fever or weight loss. Or you're not eating or you feel unwell uh, or you have a history of past infection then you need to seek early medical advice okay don't don't sit on it the, these are red flags into particularly if you are not able to move your legs or you cannot pass urine so this this, this means that there's something that needs to be investigated straight away but it, the no, the Urgently, that's right. But uh, uh, otherwise, uh, uh, you should take painkillers, talk to your primary care physician who will advise you about uh, further investigation, including scans, uh, blood tests, and seeing uh, a uh,
0: specialist such as myself. Thank you. Thank you very much. Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela.